fellow creators. Starting soon, I'm going to include guest speakers on the show. So if you're someone who works in the performing arts or the creative industry and you want to collaborate with me, then please send an email to sleeplesscreativespod at gmail.com. Introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about what it is that you do, and I'll get back to you with more information. Hello creators and welcome back. Before I get into this episode, I would like to take a minute to tell you about the listeners survey that I created a few months back. You can access it through our website by scrolling to the bottom of the homepage. Here, you can give me your thoughts on the show, any feedback you have, or any piece of literature that you would like to hear next. It would really help me out, and it would also keep each episode to a good standard. Just go to www.sleeplesscreatives.co.uk or click the flow page link in the episode description. It's been a cool minute since I read some Shakespeare, so in today's episode I will be reading, in absolutely no particular order, a handful of monologues from Hamlet. I thought this would be a really good choice as we get closer to the spooky season, and it's also a nice warm-up for our special Halloween episode next month. If you are a trained actor or an avid bookworm, then you will most likely be very familiar with these speeches already. I've chosen pieces from an array of different characters throughout the play, so I hope you enjoy listening to them as much as I loved this play at drama school in my first year. So, take a moment to get cosy and comfortable, and drift off. Oh, that this too, too solid flesh would melt, thaw, and resolve itself into a dew. Or that the Everlasting had not fixed his cannon against self-slaughter. Oh God, God, how weary, stale, flat, and unprofitable seem to me all the uses of this world. Fiant, ah, fie. Tis an unweeded garden that grows to seed. Things rank and gross in nature possess it merely. That it should come to this. But two months dead. Nay, not so much, not two. So excellent a king that was to this Hyperion to a satyr. So loving to my mother that he might not beteem the winds of heaven visit her face too roughly. Heaven and earth. 
must I remember? Why, she would hang on him as if increase of appetite had grown by what it fed on, and yet, within a month. Let me not think on't. Frailty, thy name is woman. A little month, or ere those shoes were old with which she follows my poor father's body. Like Niobe, all tears. Why she, even she. Oh God, a beast that once discourse of reason would have mourned longer. Married with my uncle, my father's brother, but no more like my father than I to Hercules. Within a month, ere yet the salt of most unrighteous tears had left the flushing in her galled eyes, she married. Oh, most wicked speed, to post with such dexterity to incestuous sheets. It is not, nor it cannot come to good. But break my heart, for I must hold my tongue. I am thy father's spirit, doomed for a certain term to walk the night, and for the day confined to fast in fires, till the foul crimes done in my days of nature are burned and purged away, but that I am forbid to tell the secrets of my prison house. I could a tale unfold whose lightest word would harrow up thy soul, freeze thy young blood, make thy two eyes, like stars, start from their spheres. Thy knotted and combined locks to part, and each particular hair to stand on end like quills upon the fretful porcupine. But this eternal blazon must not be to ears of flesh and blood. List, list, oh, list! If thou didst ever thy dear father love, revenge his foul and most unnatural murder. Murder most foul, as in the best it is. But this most foul, strange, and unnatural. I find thee apt, and duller shouldst thou be than the fat weed that rots itself in ease on Leith Wharf. Wouldst thou not stir in this? Now, Hamlet, here, tis given out that, sleeping in my orchard, a serpent stung me, so the whole ear of Denmark is by a forged process of my death rankly abused. But no, thou noble youth, the serpent that did sting thy father's life now wears his crown. I, that incestuous, that adulterate beast, with witchcraft of his wit, with traitorous gifts, O oh, wicked wit and gifts that have the power so to seduce, one to his shameful lust, the will of my most seeming virtuous queen. O oh, Hamlet, what a falling off was there for me, whose love was of that dignity, that it went hand in hand even with the vow I made to her in marriage, and to decline upon a wretch whose natural gifts were poor to those of mine. 
but virtue, as it never will be moved. Though lewdness caught it in a shape of heaven, so lust, though to a radiant angel linked, will sate itself in a celestial bed and prey on garbage. But soft, methinks I sent the morning air. Brief let me be, sleeping within my orchard, my custom always of the afternoon. Upon my secure hour thy uncle stole, with juice of cursed Harona in a vial, and in the porches of mine ears did pour the leprous distilment, whose effect holds such an enmity with blood of man, that swift as quicksilver it courses through the natural gates and alleys of the body, and with a sudden vigour it doth possess and curd like eager droppings into milk the thin and wholesome blood. So did it mine, and a most instant teeter barked about, most laser-like, with vile and loathsome crust, all my smooth body. Thus was I, sleeping by a brother's hand of life, of crown of queen, at once dispatched, cut off even in the blossoms of my sin. Unhouseled. Unhouse-led, disappointed, unannulled, no reckoning made, but sent to my account with all my imperfections on my head. If thou hast nature in thee, bear it not. Let not the royal bed of Denmark be a couch for luxury and damned incest. But howsoever thou pursuest this act, taint not thy mind, nor let thy soul contrive against thy mother aught. Leave her to heaven, and to those thorns that in her bosom lodge to prick and sting her. Fare thee well at once. The glowworm shows the matin to be near, and gins to pale his uneffectual fire. Adieu, adieu, adieu. Remember me. One woe doth tread upon another's heel, so fast they follow. Your sister's drowned, Laertes. There is a willow grows a slanter brook, that shows his hoar leaves in the glassy stream. There with fantastic garlands did she come of crow flowers, nettles, daisies, and long purples, that liberal shepherds give a grosser name. But our cold maids do dead men's fingers call them. There on the pendant boughs her coronet weeds, clambering to hang an envious silver brook, when down her weedy trophies and herself fell in the weeping brook. Her clothes spread wide and mermaid-like, a while they bore her up, which time she chaunted snatches of old tunes, as one incapable of her own distress, or like a creature native and endured unto that element. But long it could not be till that her garments, heavy with their drink, pulled the poor wretch from her melodious lay to muddy death.
Oh, what a rogue and peasant slave am I. Is it not monstrous that this player here, but in a fiction, in a dream of passion, could force his soul so to its own conceit, that from her working, all his visage wand, tears in his eyes, distraction in its aspect, a broken voice, and his whole function suiting with forms to his conceit, and all for nothing, for Hecuba. What's Hecuba to him, or he to Hecuba? That he should weep for her? What would he do? Had he the motive and the cue for passion that I have? He would drown the stage with tears and cleave the general ear with horrid speech. Make mad the guilty and appall the free. Confound the ignorant and amaze indeed the very faculties of eyes and ears. Yet I, a dull and muddy metalled rascal, peak like John a dreams unpregnant of my cause, and can say nothing. No, not for a king, upon whose property and most dear life a damned defeat was made. Am I a coward? Who calls me villain, breaks my pate across, plucks off my beard and blows it in my face, tweaks me by the nose, gives me the lie of the throat as deep as to the lungs. Who does me this, huh? Swoons. I should take it, for it cannot be that I am pigeon-livered and lack gall to make oppression bitter, or ere this I should have fatted all the region kites with this slave's offal. Bloody, bawdy villain. Remorseless, treacherous, lecherous, kindless villain. Oh, vengeance! Why, what an ass am I! This is most brave that I, the son of a dear father, murdered, prompted to my revenge by heaven and hell, must, like a whore, unpack my heart with words, and fall a cursing like a very drab, a scullion. Fie pont foe about my brain. Hum, I have heard that guilty creatures sitting at a play have by the very cunning of the scene been struck so to the soul that presently they have proclaimed their malefactions. For murder, though it have no tongue, will speak with most miraculous organ. I'll have these players play something like the murder of my father before mine uncle. I'll observe his looks. I'll tempt him to the quick. If he but blench, I know my course. The spirit that I have seen may be a devil, and the devil hath power to assume a pleasing shape. Yea, and perhaps out of my weakness and my melancholy, as he is very potent with such spirits, abuses me to damn me. I'll have grounds more relative than this. The play's the thing, wherein I'll catch the conscience of the king. To be, or not to be? That is the question. Whether tis nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or to take arms against a sea of troubles, and by opposing end them. To die. To sleep. No more. 
and by a sleep to say we end the heartache and the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to. Tis a consummation, devoutly to be wished. To die. To sleep. To sleep. Perchance to dream. Aye, there's the rub. For in that sleep of death, that dreams may come when we have shuffled off this mortal coil must give us pause. There's the respect that makes calamity of so long life. For who would bear the whips and scorns of time, the oppressor's wrong, the proud man's contumely, the pangs of despised love, the law's delay, the insolence of office, and the spurns that patient merit of the unworthy takes, when he himself might his quietus make with a bare bodkin, who would these fardels bear, to grunt and sweat under a weary life, but that the dread of something after death, the undiscovered country, from whose bourne no traveller returns, puzzles the will, and makes us rather bear those ills we have, than to fly the others that we know not of. Thus conscience does make cowards of us all, and thus the native hue of resolution is sicklied o'er the pale cast of thought, and enterprises of great pith and moment, with this regard their currents turn awry, and lose the name of action. Soft you now, the fair Ophelia, nymph in thy horizons be all my sins remembered. How should I your true love know from another one? By his cockle bat and staff and his sandal shoon. Say you? Nay, pray, you mark. He is dead and gone, lady, he is dead and gone. At his head a grass-green turf, at his heels a stone. Oh, ho, pray you mark. White his shroud as the mountain snow, larded all with sweet flowers, which bewept the grave did not go with true love showers. Well, God did you. They say the owl was a baker's daughter. Lord, we know what we are, but know not what we may be. God be at your table. Pray let's have no words of this, but when they ask you what it means, say you this. Tomorrow is St. Valentine's Day, all in the morning bedtime, and I a maid at your window, to be your valentine. Then up he rose and donned his clothes and duped the chamber door. Let in the maid, that out a maid never departed more. Indeed, La, without an oath, I'll make an end on't. By gifts and by St. Charity, a lack and five shame. Young men will do't if they come to it, by cock they are to blame. Quoth she, before you tumbled me, you promised me to wed. He answers, so would I a done by yonder sun, and thou hast not come to my bed. I hope all will be well, we must be patient. But I cannot choose but weep to think they would lay him i' the cold ground. 
my brother shall know of it. And so I thank you for your good counsel. Come, my coach. Good night, ladies. Good night, sweet ladies. Good night. Good night. Thank you.